0: Very special guest today. He goes by the name of Uwe Boll, that is the German pronunciation. I will ask him just in case I was incorrect. But he is a world-known filmmaker, director, and producer, mostly action films. Um, his latest film is called Rampage 2, which he uh, himself has directed and produced. And it's uh, going to be um, available on DVD in the States in August. So without further ado, I'm going to have him on the line because he's calling all the way from Germany. So um, hello, you. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. I'm good. It's 9 p.m. in Germany, so it's all good. Still the sun yes. is still uh, out here.
0: <laughs> Congratulations on your World Cup.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a very uh, a very good uh, final game, I have to say. Like uh, the Argentinians were also very good, and uh, yeah, it, it was a, a real thriller.
0: It, it was it was it was very stressful as a fan. I mean, the, the whole game the, oh, until overtime, so it was very yeah, very stressful was, game.
1: It was crazy, but, it, but so today the German players actually came into Germany and they had like I think eight hundred thousand people in Berlin uh, uh, saying hello to them. They drove through the inner city and and to the uh, Brandenburg uh, Gate. And uh, it, it was completely crazy. So I'm, I'm not in Berlin. I'm by Frankfurt. So I'm happy that I was not in that traffic jam. But uh, no, it was, it was a big deal here. And because Germany was the last two World Championships in the in the semi final and uh-huh. uh, played good soccer, but always lost. So and I think now it was time.
0: It, it, that's quite beautiful. Eight hundred thousand people. Uh, going out to, to welcome you back to your country. That's beautiful. That's very nice.
1: Yeah, yeah okay. it was crazy.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about you, uh, Mr. You. Um, you have this, I just mentioned you have a new, a new film coming out, Rampage 2, uh, Capital Punishment. And in this film you directed and produced. Uh, tell us a little bit about this particular film and what, what sets it apart, what makes it different from your last, uh, to the first part <clears throat> of
1: Rampage. Yeah, uh, so the the first one I was four and a half five years ago. It was basically a movie I felt uh, uh, that is a movie I would I would want to see, and uh, it was basically uh, a bank robbery covered up as a rampage. So uh, a very cynical movie, very hard with Brandon Fletcher in the in the lead part, and uh, I actually got very good reviews for it, and uh, people loved it, and and so I felt now four or five years later. Um, okay, what would happen with the guy? Because the bad guy got away uh, with whatever he did in the, in the first uh, part. And I felt, mm-hmm. okay, this time uh, I will um, make him basically, I, I explained what he did. He was in hiding. Nobody ever catched him. And now he goes out and kidnaps a whole TV station uh, to, mm-hmm. to blackmail them to, to air a live interview with him. And then he flips basically completely out, and uh, it's about... Uh, NSA, Guantanamo Bay, Afghanistan, Iraq—everything. What goes wrong in uh, <laughs> in the world? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and he gets away again in killing a lot, a lot of people.
0: So obviously, like you mentioned before, there is some sort of cynical comedy behind all of behind the story because uh, you just mentioned one of like the top like secret agencies of, of the world. You know, is, uh, whether it be our country. Uh, uh you know, it brings the world together in some way uh, politically. And there's this yep. guy out there just doing whatever it is that he wants. Um, you know, that's definitely there's some comedy into that. Uh, and is, is this like is this the sort of subject that you like to portray on film? Or is this something that's just fun for you and, and just make a witty story out of it for people's enjoyment?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm personally also kind of a cynical uh, black humor guy. And uh, <laughs> for, for, for me, the, the thing was that the message is basically if you're, if you're ruthless enough, you get away with murder, basically, and, and you, mm-hmm. you get away with whatever you do. And it's kind of a reflection of uh, uh, what's going on in, in, in society. So that, that thing, take the money and run, I think uh, got bigger and bigger into our uh, normal behavior. You know, I mean, I work in the film industry. (laughs) I I know what that means. If people don't pay their bills, if people don't uh, pay, for example, as an example, we sell our movies around the world. And uh, you can say 30% of the buyers don't pay you. They buy the movie, they do 20% down payment, then you ship Mm -hmm. the master tape, and then they don't pay you the other 80%. And that kind of behavior uh, is crazy mm-hmm. and, and damaging uh, for I think for all of us. And that my movie before was Assault uh, on Wall Street with Dominic Purcell and John Hurt and uh, Eric uh, Roberts and, and others. And uh, that was a movie about the bailout, the financial crisis, and that the the banksters, how how we would say it, uh, got away with it. You know, like uh, I mean, mm-hmm. they had maybe a little dent in their bonus payments, uh, but. Six million Americans lost, lost their houses uh, uh, during that crisis, and they maybe didn 't recover. you know and, mm-hmm. and th- th- that is the saying what uh, I think it's important to um, as a filmmaker for me it is important to tackle uh, or to show some like actual problems that happen right now and uh, uh, make something an angry statement about it i mean there is so much uh, uh, like the Hollywood comic book movies out and, uh, and I did a fair share of, of video game based movies but I think from time to time it, it, it is very important uh, to make also a statement and to, to have kind of an eye opener to uh, present to people where they think by the way there was the feedback I got from various journalists so far they said that guy is a ruthless murderer but in a way what he says is right uh-huh. So uh, you know, and, and uh, that was the feedback. What I was hoping for, to uh, to be honest, that that uh, it's always interesting uh, uh, to have a bad guy, but he is fascinating, you know, like Hannibal Lecter or whatever. We we loved to watch what this guy was doing, and uh, and and I think that is in a way Bill Williamson in in Rampage is a guy like this, where he is Brendan Fletcher is actually a very sympathetic person, and so it's like kind of. Uh, uh, fascinating to 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 watch him.
0: Yeah, you know, now that you say Hannibal, like, I'm actually catching up on the series. Okay, and I, and so far I love it. I was actually recommended to to begin watching the series Hannibal, and it's and it's totally lovely.
1: So, yeah, um, I like it also because I, uh, Matt Mikkelsen is one of the best actors I think uh, yeah. Uh, existing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he is, he is. Anything I see, whether it be foreign, whether it be a production here from America, I think that he is awesome. So yeah. you're right about that. Um, you do have some other films, though, besides Rampage that are currently in production. Um, one that you are directing called, um, oh, excuse me, um, in yeah, the name of The Chain Three, which yeah. is, is that being released or has it already been released in, uh, this year? Yeah.
1: I, I think it, it's running right now on the sci-fi channel. It, it, it was out or is out uh, with, with 20th Century Fox on DVD, uh, and it will be also on Netflix soon, um, and uh, also with Dominic Purcell. I really like that actor. He's, he's really good. And that was the third part of uh, the first one. It was the biggest movie I ever did with Jason Statham was In the mm-hmm. Name of the King 1 uh, with Ray Liotta and Ron Perman and tons of uh, famous actors. Uh, and then we have a uh, uh, part two was with Dolph Lundgren, and part three now is is uh, with Dominic Purcell, and yeah, this is out right now.
0: And how, you know, you you've worked with with various, uh, you know, big big actors. How is it working with someone like Jason Statham? Because he is he is always he is always on the big screen. I don't know if this guy ever takes a rest, but he is in like in every hit movie that's out there, whether it be foreign or you know. How, how is the working with yep. him? Yeah, uh,
1: that was very good. I uh, he he is uh, a real team player, and he didn't have any like that kind of star uh, uh, request. You know, like diva. Uh, oh he
0: wasn't life. a diva. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So my my uh, my trailer has to be this size or whatever zero. And and uh, um, he he got super good along with uh, Ron Perman as his uh, his buddy in the movie basically. And uh, I mean that was uh, for me a dream. I have, I actually learned over the time that um, a lot of actors with they're getting a little crazy if they're getting like let's say you have a famous guy who gets a little down the drain. And now you, mm-hmm. you, you hire him, and then, uh, and then he gets complicated because he feels like he's bigger as he is at that moment because he, he had a bigger name before. And, and, and that are the divers. That, that are the problematic people. They are not team players anymore, and they make it complicated for the other actors. And uh, uh, I, I had a few of them on my sets also. But actually the bigger names, uh, like Ben Kingsley I worked with, uh, no problem at all. Uh, super professional, uh, Christian Slater. Very professional. Um, so with this, this guys, I didn't have any problems.
0: Definitely, and not only are you a director, but you're also a producer. You have to worry about that. Like you're, you're saying that you're, you know, you lose money sometimes with the people that actually buy your films that put a certain down payment and then don't even pay you in full yeah. once they receive your... So you have other things to worry about than than divas and diva actors.
1: Yeah. And yeah and, and and the good thing was also uh, it is actually not so bad to be producer director because uh, a you control you control yourself as a as a director that you don't flip out as a director because you're also your own producer <laughs> and uh, and on, on the other hand, the actors uh, I see also are uh, they respect you more they they think uh, okay that guy is also responsible for the money. Uh, so he has to be kind of intelligent or or whatever, and you get a little more respect from from the actors, uh, basically.
0: Definitely. Um, You're also executive producer of, uh, of a film that's currently in production called Luna Project. Would you like to speak about that?
1: Yeah, this is. Uh, uh, I I don't think it's done uh, uh, right now, so I'm, It's okay. for me have to, to say something about it. I have some okay. other projects in in development, uh, like a Viking movie. Uh, because you talked about Mats Mikkelsen, he did that movie Valhalla Rising, what I really liked, and mm-hmm. uh, so I'm I'm planning to do a Viking movie in in kind of that spirit, very rough, hard and and naturalistic, um, and uh, and another movie Twelve Hours is basically okay. a movie what plays in one night where a, like a profi-killer basically, or you think he is a professional killer and he has to kill seven people in one night, but then after his second uh, murder, uh, it turns out he gets blackmailed to do all this. And uh, so it's kind of a um, usual suspect, memento, like a very interesting movie because you really have to pay attention to to get to get what's going on. And, and uh, that is a very good script I got, and I want to do that movie too. Yes.
0: Um, you, you know, you've, you're, you're, you're known for many things, not only as a director, you know, world worldwide, and, and a producer, but also for the first filmmaker to have tried to adapt uh, a video game into a big screen. Uh, it started with Far Cry. Uh, you know, how did this process begin for you? You know, what made you want to really take a video game and adapt it into um, Hollywood cinema.
1: Yeah, it it was uh, uh, Sega's House of the Dead, that arcade arcade game where you basically shoot zombies. What was my entry ticket into this? And uh, uh, they first asked me to do that movie, and Lionsgate released it. And uh, it made good box office. I think worldwide around 35, 40 million dollars, and it, it was 7 million dollars production budget. So this this was a success because on DVD it made another 30, 40 million. So that came, uh, it, and then a lot of people approached me and said, "Oh, you're that video game guy. Use the guy who uh, who who makes video games uh, 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 into movies." And at this time, uh, early in 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 like 10, 12 years ago. Um, there was not that invasion what you have now with Prince of of Persia and uh, Underworld and Resident Evil. It was before that. And um, so I did Alone in the Dark based on the Atari video game. Um, And and so I made a lot of movies based on video games uh, because the financing was easier to get together. And a lot of buyers worldwide, they know the game. So they bought the movie too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, So you have basically similar to the comic books, a built-in audience and and uh, uh, the movie buyers uh, they're very attracted by it. they they like it yeah.
0: definitely and, and it's something that is even it, it attracts more audience because there's so many there's so much like video game experts and and, and players that I think that more people play video games nowadays than reading books so for instance, a lot of uh, movies that are that are adapted from from a novel or something like that you know an actual video game movie might attract even a bigger audience um, yeah. and, and, and all sorts of people so definitely as as, as a filmmaker I see where um, that would be inconvenient for you so, um, uh, you know you've been doing this for quite a while um, you know many years very experienced what do you remember the first uh, production that as a director that that
1: you first did. Yeah, I, uh, uh, the first American movie I did was was *Sanctimony* uh-huh. with with Casper Van Dien and Catherine Oxenberg, Jennifer Rubin, Michael Pare, uh, uh, Eric Roberts, 1999, and it was I, the thing. What I don't forget is I came to my first read through in America and. Uh, they talked so quick and i was a long time i was not so long in america before so i could almost i, I was not understanding what they were talking about and i was sitting there like thinking to myself like how can i shoot that movie i have no clue what they're talking about so it it, it was really like kind of uh, overwhelming so I, I i spoke english i can read english but it, it was for me like that that kind of everybody talks at the same time so quick, um, but, but it worked out. It, uh, in the end, we, we did it, and then the English got better movie by movie. Um, but that was kind of uh, kind of crazy. And I, I did four movies before that in Germany, and mm-hmm. uh, of course, the first one, a German fright movie," was a comedy, and uh, um, it, it was like it was the hardest to do because I had the least amount of money. And I think uh, uh, this is the reason I always admire or always push people like film students and people that make their first movies. I want to give them courage and say, look, just go for it. Just do it. Uh, and, And later in life, you don't have that energy anymore. You know, like you don't have the energy, like like uh, whatever, bring catering from, uh, make make the sandwiches uh, at four o'clock in the morning because you have no catering as an, an example, and as a director, producer, writer, and everything, you have to do everything on your own, and it, it was crazy. It was it was like it took me seven months to shoot that movie, and uh, uh, all of the energy, all of the money. Uh, went down the drain, and uh, it, that is that was the hardest. Basically, you know, like the first one was. Uh, uh, in in retrospective, you think like, oh my god, how I finished that! It was unbelievable. So.
0: Yeah. And it, it, for instance, back then, the, the reason why I ask you is, uh, you know, I want you to elaborate on how then that first movie, all that money that had to come out of your own pocket and, um, and all that hard work just for one person. Now, now you have people that will back you up. You know, you, you, have, you have a steady production team, for instance. Yeah. Um, you have people that want to work with you, but you still, you still are going through different hardships. You know, what are your hardships now as as a big Hollywood director? You know, before you were independent, but now even if you have the studio backing you up, what are the hardships that you had to go through?
1: Yeah, now now it's 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 uh, uh, hard to get all the elements together, like the cast, the good project, uh, and the financing to to get everything in in place. And what actually happened in the last few years uh, in in the film market, what is actually not so good, is that. Um, The independent, uh, uh, like the $5 million movie, the $10 million movie, is hard to finance and hard to sell because uh, everybody wants a $200 million movie. And I'm not getting, I'm not Michael Bay, right? So I'm not getting $200 million to make a movie and to get a movie together. So it is important to get all the elements like attractive for for the buyers worldwide that that they think, okay, I want that product. And, and now you have to basically uh, look like, for example, UK, Germany, uh, Benelux and US, they want action and you can sell action. And, they, and, and, and it, it makes sense to, to do an action movie. But you have other countries like Spain, Italy, France, they actually like more like drama and stuff like this. And because they, the big market there is TV and, and they, mm-hmm. they are not really interested in violence, for example. So they, they don't want violent movies because they want to show that in, in TV uh, uh, 24-7. And uh, so you, basically you cannot make it every country uh, the perfect fit, basically. You know. So uh, that is the thing. This is the reason that I'm more focused on North America, Germany, UK, Australia, uh, um, like this kind of countries, uh, because I do more violent movies. I, I, I do more action movies and a lot of shooting and, and stuff like this.
0: Mm-hmm. you know it's funny that you just mentioned uh Spain Italy and France that they want more of the dramatic role something more subtle you know these are the, the romance countries these are the romantic countries yeah. <laughs> they're not into all that violence so that you know and it's very interesting it's 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 nice um speaking to someone of your caliber because you get You get the insight of the other side. Um, You know, I I have interviewed many people that are into the independent uh, cinema. You know, here in the states, but um, they they don't know all all of those steps yet. Everybody is still learning. And obviously, you've already gone through all of that, and and you've already managed. Like, I could, you know, I could sell to these countries, um, and you know, this is what works best for me. So I know it's probably been a long learning road for you.
1: Yeah it was it is a long time this is also the reason like uh, 9 years ago we opened up event film this is my company uh, in in Vancouver and and uh, so we are open for other producers too to uh, to, uh, to submit ideas and uh, we co-finance movies we uh, go with sales guarantees into movies and and we we help selling movies uh, worldwide and a lot of times i think when i get a movie what is already shot I feel like, oh, if if these guys would ask me before they made the movie, uh, Mm -hmm. like a few questions, they would maybe didn't make all that mistakes and would get more revenues. And uh, um, it, it's like, I mean, I understand everybody wants to make the movie they dream about or uh, what, what, what they've wrote. But a lot of times, I mean, movies is an expensive hobby, basically, you know, and, and uh, an expensive business. And, and uh, I always say when people ask me, is, is movie making art? And I, and I always say, yeah, that it can be art. They are grandiose movies. They are like uh, masterpieces. But, but movies is not painting or writing books. It costs a lot of money, and you have a lot of responsibility. So you have to see movie-making is first a business. And uh, if it turns into some super good masterpiece, perfect. But first of all, you move a lot of money uh, to make it happen, and you should protect that money. That is, I think, the most important thing what, what uh, people must, must uh, learn. You
0: know, it, it, it is... It's great that you said that it is a business. At the end of the day, like, for instance, for me as an actress, it would be, uh, you know, it is about the arts, about wanting to be, you know, a, an actress and playing the part that the businessman is, is, is you, the producer, and even the director, you do have to look at it as a business.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I understand as an actor is a little different because uh, mm-hmm. uh, normally you don't pay for the movie. And <laughs> then you can, you can negotiate like if, if you really want to do the movie, you, you do the part cheap, you know, or you, you, you defer your fees or whatever. So th- but this is different as somebody puts a million bucks up or two or three or five and, uh, uh, and you tank his money. Uh, <laughs> that, that is the thing what, what I don't want to be in uh, in that situation and not all of my movies made profit so I had that situation where people got really upset you know and they're like wow, you, why you uh, casted this guy uh, as an example in Far Cry I had Tilt Schweiger who wasn't in, in glorious Bastards and tons of other movies but he is more a, in germany he is a superstar but he's not a star anywhere else he's only a known actor and when the movie didn't turn out to be uh, in the theaters a big success uh, I I got grilled by by the investors and they said you should never use uh, Till Schweiger you know yeah. and uh, um, and before that they were all excited that I have Schweiger but, but that that is the thing where um I mean, uh, not every decision uh, I made was, was right, and, uh, but this is normal. But I think it, important is to have that, that responsibility and accountability that, that, you, that the people know that you will fight for their money if they give you money to do something, that, that uh, the, the money comes first, then comes the art.
0: Do you have um, the, the production company that you have um, in Vancouver? Is there a website or anything that people can go and check you guys out?
1: Yeah, it's like Event Film. Dot us.
0: Okay. Yeah, we tried
1: to get, to get .com, but there was already a .com event film. So we have eventfilm.us. And then okay. all the, the movies and contact, everything pops up.
0: Okay, perfect. And um, you, you spoke about certain productions that you're working on right now. Um, let's go back to Rampage Capital Punishment. It is uh, going to be available in DVD and VOD uh, in the states, August 19th, and October 21st in Canada. Correct?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's kind of um, crazy
1: why Canada comes so late, but uh, it is what it is. I have to live with it. <laughs> you do have to live with it.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't know why, and, and it's not the first. I see that I see that constantly with, with uh, DVD releases. For some reason, it has to come out months later in Canada. Yeah.
1: But I don't know why, to be honest. I, I have no explanation for it. <laughs>
0: well, well, if, well you, if you don't know, imagine us. I, I mean, you're the filmmaker here. I, I don't know who would know. <laughs> yeah.
1: no, because I can't imagine that the, the Canada loses business, you know, like people just order. I order all the time on Amazon uh, US and ship it to Vancouver. It costs nothing. You know, it's, it's not like you pay a tax or something if you just buy the movie uh, uh, in in U.S. And, and tons of my, uh, everybody almost I know has Netflix U.S. Uh, uh, in Canada. So uh, mm-hmm. then it's, it will be also maybe always on Netflix already when the DVD in Canada comes out. What, mm-hmm. what is also like, uh, so for, for, for the Canadian business, I think it's not clever to go so late with the DVD.
0: Yeah, for instance, we've actually stopped using, you you know, you go to the movies, if you want to see the movie right away, you go to the theaters. Or if not, you just wait till it's on on Netflix. And Netflix has really, um, I don't know about you as a filmmaker, if if it's made it better on you, but Netflix is something that's, I mean, universal. And it's even opened my eyes to a lot of films that I thought that weren't even, you know, that I didn't even know existed, a lot of foreign films that I've gotten to, the chance to see on Netflix that I wouldn't have been able to see in the theaters here in the States. Yeah. So um, uh, for you as a filmmaker, do you think that that's impacted uh, your work? Has it made it better? Has it made it worse? What, what is your take on something like that, like Netflix and Hulu?
1: I mean, the the, uh, the theatrical market costs so much money to release a movie, costs so much money in advertising that uh, mm. Netflix and all that stuff, iTunes, On Demand, that uh, Comcast, all that helps filmmakers now uh, to get the movie uh, uh, shown and that, the, that people watch the movie. And uh, even if they, like Hulu and everybody, but even if they don't pay a lot of money, uh, it adds up if, if you have like five, six, seven, eight of that deals going mm. and and i think netflix is very very important for independent filmmakers you know okay. so it's kind of a hope i mean the hope is of course that they pay more in the future but mm-hmm. uh, but right now they at least there and uh, i'm i'm very happy uh, that that they exist and uh, um, i mean the networks will not buy my movie right so i mean i'm i'm really uh, always um, in cable and, uh, uh, and video on demand, basically.
0: Yes, definitely. So uh, is there anything else you'd like to mention? We mentioned that you have some projects coming up that you're producing. Um, is there anything else? Uh, will you be in the States soon working in the States, or are you in Germany for now?
1: No, for now till September, I will be here in Germany, and uh, I was the whole time now ten months in in Vancouver, and uh, I have family here and everything. I have to visit my parents are over 80 now, so I have to spend the summer here. And uh, the um, I will be in November in Los Angeles at the American Film Market, um, and um, and then we we go from there, you know. So uh, I'm the plan is to shoot the beginning of next year the next movie this year in january i shot the rampage capital punishment and then uh, january february is always a nice uh, month for me to shoot movies because uh, i i don't like uh, uh, like my movies are a little more gritty so i like it if the weather is not too good and uh, in that month you also don't want to hang out <laughs> at the beach or something uh, i mean in <laughs> uh, january february is perfect to shoot a movie in a way it
0: is perfect so you, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I feel so honored. Um, I wish you continue, uh, you know, success with your film.
1: Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Take
0: care. Congratulations. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. That was you Ball, uh ladies and gentlemen, uh filmmaker, director, producer from Germany, um you know, and also extended into to Canada like you mentioned. Um to so any filmmakers and producers out there that listened to this interview and actually got um heard what he had to say about independent filmmakers that are probably interested in contacting um his production company. They do help out independent filmmakers, uh, with production, with distribution, uh marketing and all that good stuff. Uh he did mention a great tip that um he wishes that more filmmakers would reach him before they actually begin production. Uh you know, you know, let him look over your script or Talk to him about your ideas because he could really help you out in the do's and don't, um, you know, of the industry. And like he mentioned, uh, so making at the end of the day is a business. You do want to make money off your movies, and um, which is a plus for everybody in the production. So make sure you check out his website. He says event, he said it was eventsfilms.us, and um, reach him through there. If not, uh, you can check out our blog. Um, from the session or the there's more info on how to reach him there you know his website his uh, Twitter and, and so forth so thank you so much for sending into this interview um, it was great talking to him so uh, take care bye Make sure to keep up with us through the SashaMarinaShow.com. Uh, download our app on the Google Play Market and Blackberry World, the Sasha Marina Show. Keep up with our interviews and so forth on Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Sasha Marina, or Facebook, the Sasha Marina Show page. And uh, once again, thank you. That single that you guys heard there, by the way, is Valid. Uh, Day to You is his latest single from the team Make sure to check them out. Valid. B-A-L-L-A-D. Bye-bye.
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.